Welcome to the You Need More Money podcast. I'm your host, Matt Monero, where I used to come to you each and every week from my studio in Dallas, Texas, but I haven't recorded a podcast in the last three weeks, so I can't say that anymore, but we're back on the stick. I wanna thank everyone for reaching out to me. I got so many direct messages and emails from people saying, hey man, where's a new episode of the podcast? Where's a new episode of the podcast? And I just want to thank everybody for the support and the sort of refuel, the re-energy that those messages gave to me to get back on the stick and continue to record the podcast. A lot has happened since we last recorded a podcast. We had the Business Finishing School uh, Growth Summit, which was an awesome success. It was great. Um, And uh, for those of you who may have uh, come to it, I want to thank you for your support. I hope you share the same feelings about the event. And for those of you who didn't come to it, you can still come to our event in September. Go to bfssummit.com and get your tickets for the September Business Finishing School event. If you want to learn more about Business Finishing School, just go to businessfinishingschool.com and we can get you a demo scheduled. But let's get into today's podcast. I get confused a lot lately. Like, I get confused why some things are so clear to me and so unclear to others. And specifically on today's episode, I'm talking about the topic of ambition, prosperity, and achievement. I don't know why those three things mean so much to me and yet are at times so unimportant to other people. But because of this disparity that I have, this confusion that I have, it, I begin to doubt my own beliefs from time to time. I begin to say to myself, why is it so clear to me of how we achieve this stuff and so unclear to other people? Why do people struggle with ambition and prosperity and achievement so much and some other people get it? And I got to find ways to not be confused and not doubt my beliefs. Let me give you a perfect example. I did a speech recently in which when we got the survey results back, I was the lowest rated speaker that they had. I had a 56% approval rate. Now, I pride myself on bringing value every time I speak. I never limp into a speech. I never give less than my best effort when I give a speech. But obviously something disconnected on this last speech and I got the lowest rating out of all the speakers. I think there were nine speakers. Now, I could have made up reasons why. I could have blamed the audience. I could have blamed my topic, which my topic is always the same. I speak on grit and I speak on you need more money. And I understand that that's a polarizing topic and that's why maybe some audiences don't like it. Um, And I certainly could have blamed my preparation and I will beat myself up about it. I will watch the speech back many times and I will begin to uh, analyze why did the audience not like it. Now, I remember when my friend Coach Burt once told me, you're only going to get 50% of the audience to like you. That's the sign of a great speech. 
when your speech can polarize the audience and you get 50 who love it and 50 who don't like it, that's when you know it was a great speech. So maybe it was a really good speech, but I know I could have prepared more and I know that I could have shown more care to what the audience was wanting. But as soon as I'm done with that analysis, I promise you, I'm gonna pull my head out of my ass and I'm gonna commit deeper to my beliefs about ambition and prosperity and achievement and the need, the requirement for more grit and also the requirement for more money. I, here, here's what I mean. I believe everyone has a requirement to get their piece of the pie. Regardless of where you come from, regardless of where you went to school, regardless of what you look like, I don't give a damn about any of that stuff. You need to go get your piece of the pie. And when you move in that direction, I love your ass. Like, I wanna get side by side with you, man. When you do well, I love it for you. Even when I wasn't doing well, when I was struggling for so long, when I was trying to figure it out, I never uh, begrudged anyone for their success. What I can't stand is when someone purposely chooses to not be ambitious and not be prosperous and not achieve. And despite this most recent rating that I got for the speech, all it does is commit me deeper to my requirements, my beliefs, that everybody needs to get their piece of the pie. It has never been easier for you to go out and get your piece of the American pie, ever. There is opportunity on every corner. There are tons of opportunities in countless businesses and they are available for the ambitious and they will punish your ass in the less and the lack of your ambition. You will get your ass pounded if you don't have it and you will get your ass rewarded if you have it. And this belief, this conviction that I have is so ingrained in me through my brother-in-law John's story, the premise of you need more money. I saw it firsthand when a dying man wishes that he had achieved more, more money, more time, more freedom, and it was taken from John way too early at 46 years old. And I watched that one year when he was sick and the guilt that he had about, damn, I should have pushed harder. I should have gone for my piece of the pie, man. I took it too easy. And now look at the situation I got to leave my family with, which was no health insurance, no life insurance and a hundred bucks in the bank. It's so visual for me, and I'm trying to deliver that message to more people as a wake-up call that you will get your ass handed to you if you do not tap into your ambition and your prosperity and your desire for achievement. It's just incredible to me that when I'm achieving, I'm at my happiest. When I'm pushing, when I'm making mistakes, when I'm going for it, when I'm driving hard, it is when I'm at my happiest. And when I take my hand off the throttle, it's when I'm at my most unhappiest. Man, we are in this very short moment called our lives. We gotta push harder. 
I hope I can get this message to you and to the audiences that I speak to and to the audiences listening to the podcast or watching this video. You don't have time to coast. You've got to hammer down. I wrote five things down, five reasons why people, and maybe you, you just don't have that unbridled ambition to be committed to your prosperity. And maybe these, one of these five, or maybe all five of them resonate with you, or maybe the counter exists where none of these resonate with you and you feel happiest because you're achieving, you're connecting to your prosperity, you're winning at the game of life and of money. So let me go through these five with you real quick. Number one, you don't have your core values locked down. So you begin to waver. You go back and forth. Look, I will beat myself up about that rating from that speech, but it will not change my core beliefs that we need more grit, we need more ambition, we need more prosperity, we need more achievement, we need more freaking money to get ourselves closer to freedom. The freedom that says, I did what I was capable of doing to get myself, my family, my employees, my vendors, my coworkers, my clients in a movement, a forward movement of achievement. The number two reason why people back off is they're scared. Man, I get it. Scared is real. Fear is real. But the pushback against fear is to change your perception of it, to eventually begin to relish the fear, that the fear is part of the roadmap of achievement and prosperity. You don't get there unless you're doing some shit that makes you scared. Fear is not something to be feared. It is something to be petted, to be talked about, to be loved on, to be appreciated. Because once you condition your mind to take fear and act on it, then you start to move closer to your potential, your prosperity, and your achievement and your success. Number three, you really don't believe you can do it. I used to never worry about that. Like I remember doing an interview one time and, and, and the guy said, did you ever doubt your success? And I said, never. He said, why didn't you doubt your success? I said, I just knew I was destined for something more than what I have. And I never begrudged other people. I always would say to myself, and I still say it today, why does that guy have it and I don't? I used to say it about material goods and there, there's an element of me that still says, why does somebody have a jet and I don't have a jet? Why is that? What is that person doing that put them in a position to get the jet? And why aren't I thinking and doing what that person did to get it? It's a vital element. You've got to be happy for the person that has more than you. And then you've got to figure out why do they have it and why don't I have it? That's unbridled ambition. Number four, your skills are light. Dude, you haven't put in the freaking work to get great. You want more, you want something else, but you haven't skilled up enough to get it. You've limped into your training, you've limped into your skill set, you've limped into your learning, you've limped into becoming an expert. And that's why you still can't tap into your ambition. Dude, when you're in the flow, when you're on the field and you see the whole field, the rest starts to take care of itself. And number five, your focus is lacking. You love the shiny ball moments, a little over here and a little over there. You like to do what feels good versus what gets you over the finish line. Let me tell you something. This is massive. The only 
thing that matters is crossing the finish line. Here's what I mean, I'm gonna use a sports analogy. If you get 90 yards down the field and you don't get the last 10 and put points on the scoreboard, nobody gives a damn. Your 90 yard push might make you feel good, but without scoreboard, it never gets you prosperity or achievement. You gotta score. You've gotta get across the finish line. And the way you get across the finish line is tapping into your unbridled ambition and getting laser focused on it. I've told the story before, I'm gonna tell it again right now, of the, a meeting I had in Dallas with a billionaire who once said, how many projects do you have going on at your office at any given time? And I wanted to impress the guy and I said, 50. And he shook his hands and his head, he said, no, 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 no. He said, do you know how many projects we have going on in our office at any given time? He said, no more than one or two. We pour all of our energy, our efforts, our assets, our, our, our manpower into achieving one or two things a week. And over the course of the year, we achieve 52 or 104 things that become meaningful to the organization. Most people are so terribly unfocused that it's costing them dearly. I made a note here for the podcast. I won't trade my happiness for yours. Too many people do that. I suggest we get happy together. I say that we love the achievement of others. We appreciate the achievement of others. We have the confidence within ourselves to feel good that our effort will get us to where they are and we will go through the protocol of learning and skilling up to get there. I'm gonna give you a perfect example. The Rocker and I have just finished wrapping up um, our estate planning. And um, uh, this is a big deal to The Rocker. Um, the Rocker wants security, period, end of story. She wants to know that she's taken care of if something happens to me, right? If the cash machine stops spitting out tokens, she wants to know that she's taken care of. And so, when it, when it comes to higher level estate planning, uh, and I'll just give a couple uh, tips on this. Listen, everybody has to have a will. You must put a will. You do not want to leave a non-will situation to your heirs. It's a mess. The courts are going to jack your heirs around if you don't have some form of instructions. Now, a will will still have to be probated. It still has to go through the court system, but at least you prepared some instructions for the court to go by. You gotta get a will. Dude, wills are cheap. A standard will is cheap. If you want an estate planning will, it's different. But when I'm talking about this estate planning, I'm talking about the whole kit and caboodle, like everything has been reanalyzed from our insurance to our wills, to our executors, to our pass-throughs, to setting up the, the, the living trust, which is very important too, because a properly designed living trust actually bypasses probate if it's done properly. I just wanna give you a tip. If any of you are thinking about a living trust, a revocable living trust, you really need to understand what you're doing there because setting up a trust is not good enough. You actually have to fund the trust. In other words, you have to take assets from your individual names, those assets need to be converted into the name of the trust, otherwise the trust isn't funded. Anything outside of the trust is still subject to probate to the courts if something happens to you. I know I digressed a little bit, but here's my point. 
If I'm going to pony up the tens of thousands that I did for the estate planning thing to the lawyers and the, and the estate planners, I'm going to be a fucking expert at it. I'm going to be so freaking ambitious to figure out what the hell are they talking about? What on earth are the checks and balances that I need to be part of, that I need to be an expert at? I have probably read at least 50 articles about proper estate planning for highly successful people. And I probably watched, and this is no bullshit, at least 150 YouTube videos on the proper way to estate plan for highly successful people. Have you done that? To what level of confidence do you have in your ambition that if you're moving and you're focused on something that secures your family, that you've done the work to understand it? What about if you're not in a high level estate planning situation? Have you done the skill and the work to just get freaking great at your job? To throw off tokens to eventually provide the prosperity and the achievement and the security that your spouse might want, that your family deserves? I'm telling you, I'm going back to the principle of today's podcast. My core belief that you need more money, that I need more money, that we need more money, and we tap into it through ambition and grit and all the things I talk about in the two books, the grit and you need more money. I don't doubt it ever anymore because I have seen it firsthand in front of me to a loved one when they didn't have it. And I am so passionate to share that message to wake you up that I am willing to deliver that message to a group of people and get a 56% rating to be looked at by the, by the people as, I don't know if we're gonna get Monero back, he was the lowest rated speaker. I'm gonna learn from it, I'm gonna analyze the speech, I'm gonna dig into what I did right and what I did wrong, and I'm gonna not be confused. I'm not gonna doubt my beliefs because my beliefs on these subjects are spot fucking on. Welcome back to the You Need More Money podcast. I'll see you when I record on Thursday. I'll see you down the road. That's our episode this week with your host, Matt Monero. Check us out every Friday at 12 p.m. Central as we discuss money, your life, and how you need more money.